0: Not only is Jesus teaching all of us manners, but it also is the eye marks of humility. And that's what I really believe Jesus has to say concerning people who love him.
1: Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through his series called Close Encounters with Jesus. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike.
0: If you have your Bible this morning, i like to invite you to open them to the book of Luke chapter 14, Luke 14, as we look at close encounters with Jesus. You know, one of the things you'll always find, you'll never have a close encounter with Jesus that your life will not be changed forever. And that's one of the greatest things that we always have to look forward to is how God will change us. God loves us the way we are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. God always refines us and brings us into the place that he wants us to be. Here in Luke chapter 14 this morning, it's an interesting place in the scripture because so many times we have heard these stories, but I want to to really look up close at him this morning. So Father, as we go to your word today, may you come now in a special way with your Holy Spirit and touch every one of our hearts, those that are in this room, those that are watching on the internet, those that are listening by radio. We ask you now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us and cause us, God, to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning as we look at this chapter 14 we find Jesus being invited to a ruler of the Pharisees home for dinner. Now this is kind of unusual because the Pharisees generally didn't like Jesus and so to be invited to dinner at a Pharisees home and the ruler of the Pharisees Well, this is pretty unusual, and I think we're going to see why as we read the story. Now, it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath that they watched him closely. So they invite Jesus to dinner. The other Pharisees are there. It's no doubt an upper end event because the Pharisees generally didn't associate with the commoners, they associated with themselves. In fact, we're going to find a little bit more of this as we read on in the story here. But you're going to find that they kind of like their own little gang. And they invite Jesus on the Sabbath. Notice it says that, that's there for a reason, and they watched him closely. Now, one of the things I really like about Jesus, it didn't matter whether the people were watching him closely from a distance or heard about him, he was always the same. I like that. You know, there's a wonderful thing about being the same all the time. It's really difficult when you're one way around one group of people, another way around another group of people, and pretty soon we don't even know who we are anymore because we put on and change so many different hats. Jesus was always the same. And the Bible says on this Sabbath, the day which they could do no work, they couldn't kindle a fire on the Sabbath, they couldn't travel so far from their home, they watched him closely. Why were they watching him closely? Well, as we read on here, we're going to find that this dinner was probably a setup. Now, do people do that? Yeah, sometimes they do. There's an old song years ago in the 60s and early 70s, and the words were, don't let the smile and the handshake fool you. I'm only there to school you. Smiling faces tell lies. Some of you might remember that back when the earth was cooling. Well, the point is here is that it appears that in this particular meal, this was a setup. It was on the Sabbath, and they watched him closely. Why? Verse 2, and behold, that means, hey, man, look, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. What is dropsy? Well, dropsy, it's a it's it, it comes from a, a Greek word which means bloated with water, and primarily in the face. So this person was probably extremely disfigured, probably very bloated. It, it was a, a, a medical condition. But what is really unusual is why this guy was there at this meal. Now, I don't believe he was there because he was one of their friends, I believe this was a setup because of what it says, they watched him closely. In fact, by the way, the world is always watching you and me closely. They want to see how we react to things. Doesn't mean we always react in the right way, but I believe it does mean that we react with a heart towards God. And so it says they watched him closely. This guy was brought in who had dropsy at this special meal where all the Pharisees were no doubt gathered. And so it says, Jesus answering, spoke to the lawyers and the Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So it wasn't just the Pharisees that were there. Now we have another ingredient. We have the lawyers. It was an upper echelon Saturday afternoon meal. And all of a sudden, this guy that was diseased was brought in. They watched him closely, Jesus, to see what he would do. And he said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent and he took him and healed him and let him go. And then he answered and said to them, saying, which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? Jesus now is causing everybody to watch them. Here's why. If your donkey falls into a ditch on the Sabbath, if you don't go and get it out, you're not a humanitarian. You don't care about animals. You don't care about God's life that he gave animals. And if you say, yeah, go ahead and get it out, then you're condoning or embracing working on the Sabbath. Jesus turned the situation around. They were watching him, but Jesus was watching them. I always think that's important to realize that Jesus took what their criticisms are and turns it around and makes and puts them on the spot. I remember one time somebody came up to me and they said, you mean to tell me you believe everything in the Bible? And I said, well, by the nature of your question, you believe in something. What do you believe in? That was not what they expected to hear. You see, they were expecting some kind of a defense mechanism to kick in. When somebody says something to you, listen carefully. You know, somebody said one time, if you're a good listener, a person will tell you everything that is wrong with them. I think that's very true. And to be a good listener, God gave us two ears and one mouth. I think the ratio is twice as much of listening than speaking. So I think it's always good to listen more than we speak. You know, one of the things we always run into is our words. I hate that. Don't you? In other words, we say things, and when we say things, we can never get those words back. You know, you can't like, and swallow them back. It doesn't work. Oh, how we wish we could do that. And I think we've all done something like that. And so we realize that we want to be careful with what we say. Our words are something we can say we're sorry for, but you can never really take them back. And so Jesus now spins it around and says, well, if you have a donkey and it falls in a ditch, don't you go and get it out? Somebody asked me one time about never taking a day off, about having a day a week of rest. I believe that's really important. I think every person should take a day a week and just enjoy what God has given you. Some people in the world say it, stop and smell the roses. Well, I think there's at least one day a week we should do that. To enjoy what God has given us. Cease from your labors. God will make up the difference and just enjoy that. Now, somebody says, well, I have a job and they made me work on my day off. What do I do? Well, Jesus said, if your donkey falls in a ditch, you know, go get it out. But what if I have to work every Saturday? Listen, if you have a donkey that falls in the ditch every every Sabbath, get a new donkey. It's time you don't keep on beating something that is beating you. So you want to rearrange your lifestyle. Why, Why is that? Because we can miss life. We can so be so busy in the process of living, we forget why we're living. And so I really believe that, as the Bible tells us, and I think it's interesting, the whole Sabbath thing, <laughs> it's funny that in the Ten Commandment, God literally holds a law to their head, you know, a gun to their head saying, you're going to take a day off whether you want to or not. I like that about God. Jesus said the Sabbath was not made for God, it was made for you. And that God would make up the difference by honoring him and taking a day off. Isn't that something, how God does that? So he says, wouldn't you immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. Jesus never broke God's law, but he always broke the traditions of man. And I believe that's really important because I think sometimes we begin to believe God's law is, or maybe I should say the traditions of man are God's law. Well, they're not, and so Jesus addresses. Now, this is all at this dinner. This is all going on while they're they're eating on the Sabbath. They're watching Jesus, see if he healed the guy. Jesus heals the guy. They could immediately say, aha, he works on the Sabbath. We can discount everything Jesus has to say. That was the whole reason they were doing it. By the way, that's what they like to do with you too and me. They like to find something you do wrong, and therefore you can throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, they did this wrong, so no matter what he says about heaven, hell, Jesus, we'll throw it all out as well. That's kind of the way they think. Well... He goes on, so Jesus now, realizing their thoughts, begins to build on these things. So he says, so he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them. And by the way, again, this is why we know it was an upper-end dinner that they were having. Uh, This is why the guy with dropsy uh, appearing in this Pharisee's home just kind of shows up, you know it was a setup, because after all, Jesus is going to talk a little bit more about those undesirables as we read on. When you're invited by anyone to a wedding feast, and by the way, in those days, a wedding feast was the pinnacle of all feasts. It was the best thing. It was that day of celebration, the two families coming together and the, two, and the couple coming together. And Jesus' first miracle was done at a wedding where he turned the water to wine at Canaan. He says, when you're invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down at the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited him comes up and says to you, Please move out of your chair and give it to this person. And you begin with shame to take the lowest place. I don't know if that's ever happened to any of you, but sometimes we'll do that with parking spots. Sometimes we go, hey, well, no one's parking here. I'll just whip it right in here. I'll park right here. And then somebody comes up and taps on the glass and says, you, buddy. move." So we get in, we back up, and there's nowhere else. So we end up parking way down at the end of the line. But that's what the Bible's talking about. He says when you go anywhere. Now, not only is Jesus teaching all of us manners, and I think this is really good, but it also is the eye marks of humility. And that's what I really believe Jesus has to say concerning people who love him. There has to be the humility that we do because that is what bridges the gaps to those who don't have now notice he says but when you are invited go and sit down in the lowest place so when he who has invited you comes he may say to you friend go up higher then you will have the glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you now he's saying pick a lower spot don't always try to be in front and those that invited you will then say, hey, no, come up here and, and, and sit with the guests of honor, sit, with the, sit at, the, at the wedding table. But if you go to a wedding and sit down at the wedding table, <clears throat> you're not supposed to be here. They're going to ask you to leave. People are going to be watching you. It's going to be humiliating because, oh, I got to get up. And everybody's going, well, oh, look at there. They sat in the wrong place. I mean, it's really bad. He's teaching us humility. Now, again, Jesus is addressing this because as he looks around the room, he sees the lawyers and the Pharisees all in their little pecking order all the way around. And so he says, whoever exalts himself, verse 11, will be abased or literally humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's the way it works. The way up in God's kingdom is the way down. Isn't that something? It's just opposite to what the world says. The world says, get out there, be Gucci, put yourself first. Go for the gusto. God says, humble yourself and let God elevate you. That's what you want. Well, I like this. Because he says, Then he came and said to them who were invited, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends your brothers, your relatives, nor your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you and pay you back. Wow, that's pretty different. Now, the wording here in the Greek is a little bit different than the way we're wording it here. And so I'd like to just read it that way. When you give a dinner, do not always or only ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbors, lest they... Invite you back and you're repaid. What he says here is he says, But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at resurrection of the just. Wow. Now think about that a minute. He says, when you give a dinner, invite those who are poor, maimed, lame, and blind. Who are they? They're the people nobody wants. Probably very similar to this guy with dropsy. You see, he wasn't, no doubt, invited because he was a friend of everybody. He was invited for a specific purpose, and that's so they could watch Jesus if he would heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus didn't let him get away with it. He said, when you give a great dinner, when you do something, invite those. Now, friends, think about it in a minute. Who are the poor? Who are the blind? Who are the lame in this world? That would be me. That would be us. You know, people in the world do not navigate well. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed how people that are not born again don't do a real good job at life? Because we get our priorities whacked out. We we, we don't stay focused. We can gain the whole world and lose our own soul. So there's something really wrong by nature in the old sin nature. And the Bible says the God of this world has done what? Blinded their eyes. Who are the blind? The people outside. I believe that, again, we don't want to have friendship with the world, but we want to befriend the world and that we want to reach them for Christ. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I may win some. Why is that important? Because if we stay in our ivory towers, if we stay where we are comfortable, we never then step out in the spirit where we need to see the power, the miracles of God, And so it's when we step out of our comfort zone, that's when we see the miracles of God. You see, it does take a lot of faith to invite the blind, the lame, the maimed, and those that are undesirable. It sometimes is a little embarrassing. They came to Jesus one time and they said, Jesus, why do you eat with the publicans and the sinners? And Jesus responded to the Pharisees, it is the sick who need the doctor. You see, we're physicians in this room today, spiritual physicians. You'll see people I'll never see in my life. You can bring the gospel to them. You can change the destiny of theirs from hell to heaven by simply bringing to them hope. You know, you don't, God's not told me to save people. God's to- told you and me to preach the gospel. How they react to the gospel is their decision. And I think that's really important. See, I can't make anybody be anything. But I can tell people the truth. I can tell people my testimony. And again, we all have one. People a lot of times say, well, I, I'd, I'd share my faith with you know the guy at work, but I, I don't know the Bible that well. Well, share what you know then. What has God done for you? You know, nobody can argue with your testimony. You know what you were. You know when you came to Christ, and you know what you are. Nobody can fight that. Uh, Well, you know, I was a bum. I was a drunk. I was this. I was that. I met Christ. And I still at times am a bum and a drunk, but God's changing me. Oh, no, that's not true. No, they can't argue with you. You see, the point is, is that Jesus is saying we need to focus and not just be centralistic on on our friends, but we want to say, okay, God, I want to see what you're going to do.
1: Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up,